I was in a wedding this weekend. I can't, like, I kind of can't believe it myself. I think this is something I've always thought about doing, like, as a kid and stuff and, like, as a, like, a little girl. But I've never in my entire life imagined my own wedding, okay? So this was the first time I was ever in a bridal party. It was for my favorite cousin, Erica. If you have a favorite cousin, you know. Favorite cousins, like, are, like... <laughs> No, and no shade, of course, to my other cousins. And I hope none of my other cousins listen to this because I was with them this weekend. But um, Erica is my favorite cousin and she knows it. We are just, we're bonded. If you have a favorite cousin and you're bonded with them, it's like a soul tie. Like you don't mean to not love the other cousins as much because you totally do, but you just have a favorite out of them. So yeah, so my favorite cousin got married this weekend and it was a blast. I was in the bridal party and I was nervous as fuck to do this because of the fact that I have never done this before. So I want to give you a little recap of that because it was just like totally not what I expected. Maybe I'm a judgmental bitch, but I was nervous as fuck to be a bridesmaid. Like, I'm not going to lie. And I don't mean this in a bad way in any way, shape or form. No, in no way, shape or form. In no way, shape or form. But I will probably never be in a bridal party again unless it's like blood or just sister like blood you know what I mean like unless it's like hardcore I'm dedicated to you which is me and my favorite cousin Erica so Erica thanks for making me a bridesmaid not trying to shit on this in any way shape or form because that was fucking awesome but I want to like kind of talk about it because of the anxiety leading up to it like because of the anxiety of like the group text the bridal group chat and because of the anxiety of me not being able to make it to the bachelorette party or the fact that like when she asked okay hold on when erica asked me to be her bridesmaid my favorite cousin's name is erica when she asked me to be one of her bridesmaids i was in a incredibly like you know time of my life i had just gotten out of the five-year relationship i um yeah i was not financially stable i was not in a good spot i actually in a lot of ways like i was really fucking jaded by love last year and by like weddings and by like bridesmaids and like just by like the whole community of weddings honestly when you're in a financial situation where you like kind of can't understand anything other than survival mode you're like what the fuck how am I supposed to be here for someone when I can barely be here for myself so anyways I didn't realize what I signed myself up for like I didn't realize since this was my first time I didn't realize how expensive it was gonna be honestly and that was hard on me the past year not being financially stable and kind of coming out of this relationship and not being very not like not supportive of love because Erica is literally she's the wittiest smartest most easygoing like down to fucking earth person in my probably entire life like literally I'm not drama even though I am in my entire life I love her so much so of course I should have thought about the fact that her friends are probably just like her but I'm over here just getting out of this relationship and also something I haven't mentioned to anyone on this podcast um, yet is the fact that I was in another relationship right after uh, my five-year relationship for just a little second. But this person said they wanted to marry me and they loved me and all that stuff. And then it just didn't work. So my parents are also divorced, like didn't come from, I just didn't come from like, not even didn't, I don't come from like knowing any good marriages other than Erica's grandparents for my great aunt and uncle and um, they sadly passed away recently so 
other than them, I, I have just never seen the, I've never understood like the celebration of marriage. I've always in some ways kind of thought like, not that it's silly, but like, it's almost like possession and ownership rather than like being free willed. And, and I don't know, I'm kind of struggling with that because free will and fate and I had a random argument that's like coming to me as someone with someone at the bar who was like, I don't know, he had like free will tattooed across his chest. What am I talking about? I'm talking about love and marriage and why I was jaded this time last year and why I was having anxiety about this entire bridal party and shower, even though I knew it was probably going to be fucking chill and awesome and fine. And these people are like not drama. I'm the drama. So here's the thing. All year I was anticipating this wedding, like all throughout the past year. I've been so excited, honestly. Even though I have been jaded, I've been like, okay, this is a, this is a situation that I want to get through. And I know that kind of sounds like selfish, but I've had like extreme anxiety, like almost to the point of agoraphobia where I haven't wanted to leave my house because of how affected I am by stimulation um, in certain environments. And it's typically just environments where I have to talk a lot or explain myself a lot or not, no, 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 not explain myself a lot, but like tell people like what I do, small talk, like situations with small talk give me anxiety. So I knew that I was going to be around 10 other girls who I don't know like at all. And we needed to be there at 9am and it doesn't start until 4.30. And like, wh what am I going to talk about between then? What are we going to do? Wh what's happening? You know what I mean? Like, oh God. Okay. Like straight up, up until last Friday, the day before I was like, what am I going to talk to these girls about? I don't know them. I'm kind of in this weird transition phase of my life still. Like these are if they're anything like Erica, they're probably well-established. Like Erica has a master's and great job and now is married. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm going the art route. I'm going, I'm the creative one that, you know? Yeah. Okay. But I love it. I love it. I'm doing good. All positive, all positivity here, but I've just been like, not in the mood for love. But at the same time, there's this quote that I think about, and I don't know who the fuck it comes from and I'm not going to Google it right now, but the quote is like, I believe in love because of the way that I love. And that is my truth. No matter how jaded, no matter how distraught, financially unstable, I was going to fucking be a part of this bridal party. So I think that everything fell into place perfectly. And I was in a spot to like consume the wedding in a way that I was really present and didn't want to like escape. And I wasn't overstimulated, which again, really was just like my number one concern was overstimulation in some ways because like the group chat was overstimulating maybe <laughs> because um I'm just I'm not someone who texts people back like all the time like I'm just not I'm not I am on my phone all the time for work but I, I disassociate from text messages what I quickly noticed about being a bridesmaid is first and foremost it's a fucking commitment it's a fucking commitment and then I realized why do so many like girls that I've grown up with that I am slightly judging, but not meaning to just cur curious. I'm just curious. Like I've seen so many girls that like barely know people and they put them in their 
bridal party or like they're like new friends and it's like girl this is a fucking commitment this is like a lifelong commitment when I realized when I started to really realize like how invested the other bridesmaids were and including myself just in ensuring that Erica had a great day and how can we help her we're we're kind of like helping truly like give her away in some ways and we're the people that were next to her next to the bride saying through thick and thin we got you too. So in some ways, it, in some ways, I kind of felt like I was marrying my cousin in the same way that she was marrying the love of her life. But I was marrying her in like the most dedicated, loving, committed. I will go to battle with you. We're on the same fucking team. Let's go. Way, if that makes sense. Like, accepting the role of a bridesmaid is a duty. It's a responsibility but at the same time you get great reward out of it if the person means a fuck ton to you and if you continue to you know stay around with them and work on your friendship with them and and grow with them as they grow with the love of their life I don't know I think I just really realized that I always thought that like bridesmaids parties were kind of like a fad kind of like I've just never been into marriage and I always saw it saw it as excessive and so the second I kind of got a chance to be a part of one I think I just like look back at what I thought being a bridesmaid was and I look back to like the like like the last 10 years honestly like people have been getting married since 18 super tan blonde 100 bridesmaids they're going all over the place like they're wearing everything match matching Stanley's matching eyelashes matching toenails matching piercing like you know what I mean like I I had this weird like visual and feeling that it was just going to be really judgmental without experiencing it but again I think that ultimately what I took away from being a bridesmaid that really shocked me was just how fucking cool it is to really be there for someone and say I got your back even if my life is a fucking mess I do have your back thank you for having mine and if you've been listening, you know, the last year I've been trying to rid of all the people in my life that are just bad, that don't truly have my back, that, that would turn on me in the last second. And Erica wouldn't. We're blood. I wouldn't for her either. I would stand there and fight to the death with her. And I think that that's kind of what bridesmaids are. They are there to support the person they all have in common. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe I also just got lucky and Erica truly having a great bridesmaids party or bridal party. But I know that there are probably situations too where you maybe have been a part of a, a bridal party that was excessive and maybe drama filled and maybe, you know, newer friends were a part of it and that's fine or whatever. But I think that just like if you were anything like me in any way, shape or form and you've never been in a bridal party or you've never been a part of the bridal party or um, a bridesmaid in that situation just remember that each of those people around you are even if you don't like them even if you don't get along with them even if they're a fucking bitch like you know because some girls are just bitches and they love it and they own it and sometimes I can be that too and I love it and I own it but no matter what I, hold on let me say this no matter what <laughs> girls are scary in groups Women are intimidating in groups. Women are intimidating no matter what. 
But in groups, women are even more intimidating. If you haven't done the whole bridal party thing, I understand. But coming from someone who has intense anxiety, um, who gets super overstimulated, is obviously neurodivergent as fuck, who hasn't been around that many people in a long fucking time, it is so worth it. Seeing that person that you love be loved on in a way that you really have seen them grow together you have seen your relationship with the bride grow like I don't know there is something about going through with it and following through to my best ability that really changed my perspective on being a bridesmaid but then again it literally is just because it's a duty and a responsibility and a commitment and I loved at the end of the day that I was in a room with a bunch of girls who also who also are there for my favorite cousin Erica so the day of the rehearsal dinner I am still anxious, nervous. This is last Friday. Then I don't know who it was, honestly. And I'm sorry. I don't have numbers saved still. Like, you know, if you've been in a bridesmaids group chat, it's a lot of numbers. It's a lot of texts. It's a lot of I'll get to back to you when I can. One of these girls was like, all right, Erica, did you get your asshole bleached? And then from there, I was like, oh my God, are we about to have a group conversation about bleached assholes? Because if so, I have nothing to be nervous about. And everything's going to be just fine because I can be myself because I can I can I can talk about poop. Probably I can talk about bleached like I don't know. There was something about her breaking the ice and saying talking about bleached assholes that was just made me feel so much better about life. So I don't know. Maybe if you were in the situation I was in, talk about bleached assholes if you're uncomfortable after you say can't wait to meet everyone. Uh, does anyone else bleach their asshole like you just you never know. Does anyone else pluck their nipple hair? You never know. Speaking of bleached assholes and marriages, I am for some reason, like, I'm for some reason genuinely obsessed with the Tudor era and the British monarchy, aka the 1500s. And it's probably because, well, I was going to wait to say this until like October or like no, like spooky season, but Bloody Mary is my cousin, low key. Like straight up, we've done the ancestry DNA. We've done the whole like tree and it's legit. But then again, isn't everyone related to like royalty in some way? Isn't like, right? I'm just in this weird like King Henry VIII era. And last night I watched this. As soon as we got home, I like literally could not do anything. I came home and I watched this show called Blood, Sex, and Royalty, maybe? Blood, Sex, and I think it was. Yeah, I think it was that. Blood, Sex, and Royalty. Um, it's about Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn was King Henry VIII's second wife. And as we all probably don't know or do or have heard through the grapevine that King Henry VIII liked to decapitate his women. What a man. Bitch, please. So Anne Boleyn was the second wife of King Henry VIII and the first wife he beheaded. He actually only beheaded two of them from my understanding. And Anne Boleyn was the fucking shit. She was a bad ass. She was an outspoken woman of her own time. So that's kind of how she captured King Henry VIII's heart. And he like fucking fell in love with her, divorced or annulled the marriage with Catherine of Aragon. Let's just get into this together for half a second. So King Henry VIII decapitated Anne Boleyn because Anne Boleyn, even though he was fucking obsessed with her at first, like obsessed with her, and also not to mention just, which is disgusting, he was just also obsessed with having sex with her. So 
Oh, oh, oh. So speaking of marriages, he had, yeah, six wives. He decapitated Anne Boleyn because she couldn't, like, give him a son. Even though she had, like, a fuck ton of, like, miscarriages from the stress that he put on her. So, together, they did have a baby. Who is that baby? That baby is Queen Elizabeth I. But because of the fact that she couldn't, like, birth a boy, she couldn't produce a boy, a king, he convicted her of, like, all these stupid-ass conspiracy theories and then beheaded her in front of everyone. So this weird obsession started because I love Pirates of the Caribbean and I love pirates and we all know Jack Sparrow. I'm just, I love pirates. I've always had a weird thing about pirates. There's this place in London called the Execution Dock. It's in Wapping, London. <laughs> and um, as the story goes, that is where they would hang the pirates that um, came into town on the River Thames, which is the main river that goes throughout London. And so anyways, I don't know where we're going with this other than I'm fascinated with this culture and the fact that my good old other cousin, Bloody Mary, Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is what I was going to say. Okay, there's a ship in London. Bear with me here. There's a ship in London. No, I mean like a pirate ship, like a cruise ship. Like, no, 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 no. Wrong. Not a cruise ship. A pirate ship and a cruise ship are different. This is a pirate ship. So there's a pirate ship in the South Bank of London. I hope I haven't said this yet because I kind of obsess over it and think about it when I shouldn't. And it scares the fucking shit fuck out of me. Like, I, I don't know what spirits live on this ship, but they fucking do. Which doesn't make sense because it's a reconstructed version of what was the actual ship in the 1500s. There's a like pirate ship in the south bank of London. I used to somehow like live over there for like literally less than a month in this, and I know, in this random penthouse, okay? In this random penthouse in the South Bank. And I don't know how I got lucky enough for that fucking hooked up connection. But it was so cool. The people who owned it were my friends, parents, friends. And they were like a part of the EU or whatever. They, oh, no, no. The ambassador. I don't know. UN. The UN. They're part of the UN. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Whatever. They have a penthouse in London. And we stayed in it. As an American, I needed Subway mm, all the time. Because that was like the only available American food. And also like the only food available past like 10 p.m. in London. Because everything fucking closes early. And they don't have drive throughs I'm in London in this penthouse. And there's this ship that's like right. Like, mm, I don't know. Like, like. Mm, turn the corner and it's there and the only way to get to subway is to go past this fucking pirate ship okay so like I, why am i why am i like clamming up talking about it why am i like this because it's fucking scary because it's because 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 i put the pieces together today and i it's just weird the ship is called the golden hind and like I said, it was, it's a reconstructed version, but this ship has literally sailed the world. Like this actual reconstructed version of the original Golden Hind from 1500s has sailed like to Japan, San Francisco, to Canada. Like it's been all over the place and it's been docked um, in the South Bank since like the 1995 or six or something like. So it's been there for a minute. This is like the oldest part of London. So it's all like super brick. Like everything is like brick and like cobblestone and like super, super duper old. So can you imagine me in this little location? Probably like 11 or 12 fucking 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. or something like that. Like me, little me starving exiting my penthouse and I have to go past this pirate ship and like you hear the whoosh, like you hear the sound effects of the river Thames 
hitting the pirate ship as you pass by it and pitch black and there's literally no lights right there. So I have to go past this ship to get my fucking American ass subway. I think ever since I've had to pass it multiple times, it's haunted me. And I found out today that the original Golden Hind was sponsored by Elizabeth the First. Okay, we remember Elizabeth the First is King Henry the Eighth's and Anne Boleyn's only daughter who continued to be Queen Elizabeth the First and reigned the country for 44 years. Well, she is the reason my cousin, Bloody Mary, was decapitated, Mary Queen of Scots. Because Mary, Queen of Scots, was also the niece of King Henry VIII. So she was also in line for the crown. Yeah, there's a lot there. And the fact, I don't know, I started writing this episode and I was like, the fact that, Erica, I love you. Um, it's unfortunate that we're not related through the Mary, to the royals together. This is a different side of the family. And I would never ever fight you for anything we're on the same team so just the fact i don't know i just had to say the fact that the cousins one decapitate see what i mean i started the episode with cousin yeah love you erica love you bloody mary we'll get back into that soon but i'm just fucking fascinated and then the last thing i'm fascinated by is the fact that i can't i don't know like i don't know about jimmy on love is blind I don't know if he's faking it. I don't know. I don't know if I take back everything I said in the last episode or not because because when I was at the wedding this weekend, there was this bridesmaid named Morgan and she was awesome. And she was like, you know what? I actually kind of love Jimmy. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, hold on. Hold on, speak up. Give me another perspective. And she did. And she was like, and here's the thing. I had this perspective. I had this perspective on Jimmy at first too. Wow, I'm all over the place. In my brain, I still feel like I'm haunted by the ship. But now I'm talking about 2024 Love is Blind reality TV. What's happening? This is ADHD. I don't know about Jimmy. Personally, I still don't know. I, it does appear as if he really likes Chelsea now or like feels like he's more in love with her. But they still haven't met the other couples that they were going to choose first. But I do have a feeling they're going to come back together. So now, from my perspective, the worst person and the worst couple on love is blind is the obvious and that is jeremy and laura and um best of luck to them but so far from the viewer's perspective i have not googled anything whatsoever to um like any spoilers so i don't know who's together right now and who's not but i fucking fuck jeremy fuck jeremy for cheating on laura it is so obvious like just that is the face of a liar can someone please agree with me? Also, I know if you're on my Instagram, which you probably are because I literally don't promote this anywhere else. And I also, or thanks for listening if you're just hearing it through SEO or whatever. But um, we're kind of keeping this podcast on the DL just for like a second. I mean, not really, but kind of. Like, I'm just not putting my all into it right now so I can continue to heal. And I'm at like 75%. But like that 75%, is like, is Jimmy toxic? Jeremy's lying. Kenneth is the worst. What's going on with these guys? I hope that whoever I meet next, or I actually don't even give a sh like flying shit fucking squirrel flying squirrel fuck if I get married or not. I don't give a fucking shit fuck. Like, in this time of my life, I am so happy for my friends who are in love. 
And I'm so not jaded by love. I so totally believe in it. But I just love my life. I just love my life. And I love watching other people's drama. Um, and thanks for listening to mine. Like, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to Fake It. Thanks for, um, I don't know what I was going to say about the Instagram followers, but I was going to say something like, oh, I asked my Instagram followers if they watched Love is Blind and only about 20% of you do. So I'm curious to know what 20% listens to the potty pod or not. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was a very productive week, very busy week, very focused week. This week, oh God, talk about stimulation this week. My voice cracked this this week in two days. Jack and I are going to see Tana Mojo and Brooke Schofield live at canceled um, their canceled podcast tour. I can't fucking wait to see them. I would love to have them on the show. So fakers, let's manifest this together. Brooke or Tana or both. Oh, my God. Can you like I, I can't I can't I can't. They're so incredible. I can't. So I cannot wait for that. I'm so glad this past weekend happened and that I kind of got like a lot of the overstimulation out of the way and I got the nerves out of the way and I was able to just be around a lot of people and not freak out. And um, yeah, so that's what's going to happen again this week. And I am actually doing photo shoots this week for the first time. Um, I was a photographer for a long time. In fact, that's probably what a lot of you know me as. It kind of feels like a past life, but no wildly yeah I had to I don't know my camera was like the third arm for a long fucking time and then as I say I just kind of felt taken advantage of I totally did but I'm kind of just that 75% of me that's healed is ready to fucking create again in any and all capacity with no limitation so so yeah damn it feels good to be a gangster to rock camo shorts chuck tees and smoke paper <laughs> I love whiskey I'm probably about to go smoke a bowl and then edit this because I am recording this on Monday. So you're going to get this tomorrow at some point, in some way, shape, or form. Signed, sealed, delivered, baby. I love you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fake It. Um, thank you for rating me, even if you're rating it low. I don't care. I kind of love the haters. Faker's going to fake and the haters going to hate. And also, very last thing I want to say is there is an account by that's a healing holistic account and it's someone called the holistic psychologist if you've ever heard of her she's just fucking incredible she has a lot of books um that have really also helped me change my life that i've also like truly applied to my life such as how to do the work but anyways i've seen her in the past week or two kind of post about this thing called the cocoon phase and the cocoon phase is where you are like cooking at home is like bliss like canceling plans brings relief like you go from the bar to the books and that's just where I've been. I've been in my cocoon phase. Um, she kind of says, no, she does say it's a sacred era to be in. It's sacred for you to be in this cocoon phase because you're reinventing and what's next? What comes after the cocoon? I think we all know. I was going to make a really deep monster voice, but I guess I just did. All right. I love you. I was a bridesmaid this weekend. Whoa, I only wear black most of the time, but I'm venturing out. I'm venturing out. 
of my house, out of the state, out of my comfort zone, out of my brain, out of my clothes, out of my skin, out of my veins, and into stardust and probably into some tea with some mushrooms. And then someone's going to drink me. And then someone ate. Someone ate because they drank me because I turned into mushroom glitter powder. And then I made them feel so fucking sparkly. And that's all life is about, is feeling sparkly. I'm talking shit right now. I'm tired and delusional. But it's true. Like, love, when you love yourself, you're so sparkly. When you love yourself and then someone else loves you too, and you love them just as much, and you're just as committed, holy shit, the sparkle. Congratulations, Erica and Seth. Welcome to the family. I love you, and neither of us are going to be at each other at any time. I hope. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fake It. You can follow me at Alexa A. Ace on Instagram and rate the podcast if you feel so inclined. If not, that's cool too. I love you anyways. Bye.